Welcome to Conversations. And now, from Los Angeles, here's your host, Mike Dowler. Cats everywhere! Oh my goodness! From Los Angeles, I'm Mike Dowler. Welcome to Conversations Radio. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram at Conversations Radio. Hey, on Twitter, we're at Converse Radio, like the shoe without the E, at Converse Radio. And on Facebook, we're simply Conversations, the podcast. We have email as well conversationspod at gmail.com. So if you like what you hear, or even if you don't, that's right, write it down, folks. Hey, great show tonight. Wow, 81 degrees in the studio here, so I'll deal with that. Uh, tonight's guest, Connie Jackson, actress, recording artist, Elaine on NCIS, and our co-host, returning the wonderful, legendary Leland Sklar. We'll start with these guys in just one second. Again, great show on the way. Stay with us. I'll keep you awake, I promise. little wait on the East Coast, I know that, but uh, hey, it's worth it. want to thank our guest from episode 98, the wonderful Thalia Oliver. Um, all of nine years old, and man, she's just making the grade. Came here from San Francisco, my hometown, and uh, never looked back, and is booking like crazy. A wonderful, wonderful actress. You can follow her on Instagram as well as conversationspod.wix.com slash conversations links there of course if you're listening you're already there so voila just bookmark it great show go ahead and check those out hey all of our podcasts all 98 soon to be 99 nice beard Lebron, are on apple podcasts so uh, you can go to the itunes store search conversations radio and voila all those podcasts are right there soon to be 99 and we're hitting 100 next week but I want to dive in, of course. Uh, hey, things are good. Not wearing the mask as much. I am all, you can't distract me. You guys, we, we, we do come up locally here, but um, I'm very, very focused right now. <clears throat> uh, things are looking good out there. We are rounding the curve of this COVID chaos. And certainly it's good that um, everybody here on this show is healthy. And uh, we're all vaccinated and, and what have you. And I've got a nice big glass of wine. So I'm, I'm good to go. The wine helps for sure. I've got um, a, a real, real treat here tonight. And um, both Connie Jackson and my co-host, Leland Scalar. Leland was on here a while back, 2019, actually. 2019 BC, before COVID. That was, um, mm -hmm. that's yeah, I just made that up. And uh, he joined us, myself and Stephen Peoples, for an hour. It seemed like longer. And we chatted. It was, it was amazing. And he's been busy. He's all over the place in the studio, works with everybody, and uh, works in the garden and, and makes health drinks and all that stuff. A busy guy. And uh, certainly through the pandemic, he has found ways to keep himself busy with a YouTube channel and a book out called Everybody Loves Me. I, I think that's fantastic, and we'll talk about that as well. The, the common thread is here, here is that uh, Connie and Leland have a history, musically. Musically, that is. Yeah. And um, both touring with Phil Collins and um, Connie's toured with everyone else. Why the names here are just wonderful. Nowadays, um, Leland is um, keeping himself together, keeping himself busy with his buds from the immediate uh, family. Uh, that being uh, Wadi Wattel, Danny Korchmar, Steve Postel, and Russ Conkle. I mean, lifelong friends all these years. And it's just kind of funny. They're back together doing stuff together. And, and it, they sound really good. Of course, Leland Sklar, a legendary bassist for James Taylor, Toto, Warren Zevon, Linda Ronstadt, Helen Reddy, Carol King. Great backstory there. The Bee Gees. I mean, I saw that and I almost fell down. Holland Oates and many, many more. Uh, again, he's got a new book out called Everybody Loves Me. And uh, he's here in Southern California. I want to say hi to the wonderful Leland Sklar. Leland, welcome back. Mike, it is so great to be here with you again. I, I, I remember last time it was a clothing optional show, so yeah. <laughs> it was more interesting. But, uh, no, no, don't, really don't, happy leave, to be don't leave Connie. Don't leave Connie. And again, we, we came locally here, and, and Connie's cat, Bob, is just kind of passed out behind. Too I much, love yeah, Bob. Too much uh, catnip, probably. So 
Um, but uh, Lee, welcome back. It's good to have you back. And we do uh, touch bases every now and then. Yeah. And a good, good no, friend. No pun intended. No, exactly. And, and how are you? I mean, this has been, obviously, since we last chatted, so much has happened. Yeah, it's it's been um, miserable on certain levels because the the life's blood, the the elixir of my life has been touring, and needless to say, that all kind of went down the dump with uh, COVID. Um, but when COVID struck, I just kind of sat there and I went, "What am I going to do now?" And I ended up actually with the busiest year I've probably ever had, um, doing all these other projects that would have never happened had I not been off the road and, and, and unemployed. Did, so, the stu- did the studio work kind of slow down as well? Yeah, because the studios closed down. Yeah. Um, I've, we've done a couple of uh, studio projects and they're sneaking back in with them. But uh, like we just finished uh, uh, a week in the studio with the immediate family. We just cut 10 tracks at Jackson Brown studio. Amazing. And even with all the friendship and stuff, we went in there and we was temperatures and sure. um, respiration checks, signing paperwork every day. They had a, a person there that was a, uh, you know, a, a, like a nurse to keep an eye on things, even though everybody had been, you know, vaccinated, had two vaccinations and everything. It's a scary time, you know, yeah. and we're coming out of it, but uh, I, 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 I worry at times that they're, they're pushing this too quickly. Um, but that's just me, but I'm still masking up. I've got my beard yeah. mask on right now <laughs> that I wear all the time. Well, the numbers, um, the numbers are down, so that's good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So we're just kind of writing but, it out. It's been, it's been rough though. You know, I mean, like, you know, like, like everybody else I know in this business, it it slammed everybody really hard. Everything closed down immediately. And, uh, I'm I'm encouraged for where we're headed, but, and uh, and not just here in New York, Broadway, uh, you, you, uh, know, uh, Emma, Emma Grace, she's the bass player. I showed video of it a while back Yeah, and her, her parents own a, a wholesale produce company in New York and their biggest, client are the restaurants on broadway so yeah. they went from 25 trucks to five trucks during this yeah. so i mean it's been it's been you know i feel for that and again locally here as well the pantages hollywood bowl all the all the movies all the movies theaters and yeah. all that um i really i really feel for the crews yeah you know i mean the artists and stuff can you know a lot of them can sustain through this but you know the road crews and and all the grips on the movies yeah. and all the people that are you know, those and the caterers and all the people involved, um, a lot of those are like week to week paycheck lives. And when all this shut down, it hit them really, really hard. And I was glad there were some fundraisers um, like Save the Stage and things like that, trying to uh, help keep these people afloat until they could start working again. So immediate family now, you're working on that. You've got uh, new music coming out and I guess the first album as well. Um. Yeah, we've had we've got a couple of albums that we did. We did a live one in Japan, um, but we've had a studio album that we finished before the pandemic, which was supposed to be out last November. And now it's coming out at the end of August. Finally, Um, Denny Tedesco, who made the Wrecking Crew movie, is doing a documentary film about us. And um, that'll probably be at the beginning of next year. So the stuff that we just cut uh, this past couple of weeks along with a few other things will probably be coincide with that release. So lots of stuff going on. And, and it's such a thrill to be with people I've played with for over 50 years. And we're like the best of friends, never had fights, never had arguments. And it's kick-ass rock and roll. The website, again, immediatefamily.com. It's all there. Great website. And you're there with your buddies. I mean, people you've known yeah. forever, uh, especially Wadi. I mean, you and Wadi have been from day one. And yeah. uh, I do have a, a, I want to talk about your book a little bit, but I found sure. something online I wanted to play for you. Um, we, okay. we did, we, we did an intro before, before we started. And that was, that was uh, this here. I mean, just wonderful. And we you know, et cetera, et cetera here. So we did that. And um, again, that was your, really your, your entrance. Uh, into uh, into music. I mean, really professionally, uh, James, James James Taylor certainly was yeah. the uh, the launching pad. So I found this uh, uh, earlier. Uh, we're going way back here, so just be back memories. Here we go. Wait for it. Whenever I see your smiling face, 
I have to smile myself because I love you. Any idea? Sounds like it sounds like a different demo. Hold on. It makes you want to smile because I like you. Oh no, that's Sesame Street. Right. Wait for it. Here it is. And when you give me that nasty little frown, turns me upside down. Something about you, Basta. I don't know. Isn't it amazing that a crowd could make me feel this way? But a face that looks so rotten can be forgotten in a day. And here comes the uh, Oscar right here. And it goes on and on, and it's just wonderful. I don't know it how I missed the that. Most fun. <laughs> we had the greatest time. Uh, Waddy and I asked the the Sesame Street people if we could stay and be their house band. Had, uh, <laughs> that was uh, the guy who does Oscar was amazing. Watching the process of doing Oscar because he's sitting in this, he's de- crouched in a yeah. trash can facing backwards and his hands coming up and the puppets going the other way and he's watching the whole thing on a TV screen. I mean, it's really amazing process. That was a while this. ago and of course, Jim Henson probably still around at that point. Um, yeah. Was that, did you guys do that guys live or did you guys overdub it? Hmm? That you was guys, all live. Wow. Yeah. Amazing, amazing recording. And uh, what an experience. My God. Yeah. You know, so I mean, you've done, you've done tons of stuff like that but that definitely uh you a lot younger, Waddy a lot younger, um, pretty much James Band. Oscar was younger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but, uh, and again, that show still a thing. And what a cool, I think you know you've made it when you've been, when you've been, you know, on Sesame Street. I'm trying to, yeah. to think you know, at some point. So, hey, Lee, it's glad, I'm glad to have you here. You've had, um, a, a again, a, a very busy year, even though COVID, COVID kind of kicked your butt a little bit. Um, yeah. When I last talked to you, um, you were just finishing up with Phil Collins, uh, winding down from that, decompressing. And really, you went right back to work um, as much as you could until uh, COVID came in. And you know our guest tonight. Tell me about Connie Jackson before we bring her in. Um, when we toured, I guess it was 2004, when we did the first final farewell tour, and uh, they put together a, a, a pretty good-sized group of singers uh, for the tour because we were coming off of, uh, it was either Brother Bear or Tarzan. I can't remember which one. Connie will know better because she's still young and has a memory. Um, <laughs> but um, but uh, on that stuff, there was a, a kind of a big choir on those. So Phil followed through, and I think we had about six singers on that. Um, but Connie was one of the singers on it, and I felt such an affinity to her. I mean, she was doll to me, and we had so many adventures, and it was such a great tour because we we traveled the world on that. I mean, I have pictures of us in wandering around Jerusalem, and wow. I mean, you name it. And we also got to go to, um, uh, what was it, um, uh, Grassy Key, Florida, and we spent a day swimming with dolphins, and um, I have a video of Connie with the dolphins. And uh, it was uh, we've we had great time. She's she's beyond being a great singer. She is a total hang to be with. on oh, the yeah. road. We, we looked at every day to have good times out there. Some of those dolphins, you can use your beard as a flotation device, I would think. Would yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the dolphins were intrigued by it. And one of the <laughs> dolphins actually had a beard. And, oh, great. Uh, there you it go. Was, it was grandpa dolphin. I Maybe think. related or something. But uh, again, <laughs> I know Connie as well for at least 10 years, a decade. Connie uh, has toured with, uh, again, Phil Collins, briefly with Joe Walsh. That's got to be a trip. Patty Austin, Faith Hill, Mike McDonald. When you hear his voice, you know it's Mike McDonald. It's amazing, yeah. you know. She worked with him. And um, wait for it. She sang with Barbara Streisand. So that's, that's yeah. Have you done Barbara that? Barbara was very lucky. Very lucky. I want to bring her in. The one, the only uh, actress and recording artist, Connie Jackson. Connie, welcome. Wow, what a buildup. Right? Hi, Mike. Right, hi there. Please, Good to please. see you. 
And Connie was part of the uh, Universal Studios Hollywood Blues Brothers Review. Oh and gosh, uh, that's how yes. we met. And uh, again, yeah. So but at least 10 years. That, of course, not a thing anymore, unfortunately. But uh, the memories live on. And Connie didn't let it uh, stop her. She just kept going. But um, Connie, you um, again, welcome. Glad to have you on here. It's just a conversation. I've got no, I've got no questions, and uh, I, I think that Leland was the perfect co-host for this because you guys, again, you guys have a history. Uh, tell That's me about, my buddy. tell me about being on the road with Leland. What's that like? Well, it's funny because that was my very first ever tour. I had never toured in, at all, and everybody was so welcoming to the new girl. It was fun though because there were five other singers, so the pressure's off. You know, it's just. You know, I already had Amy is the one, Amy Keys, fabulous Amy, Amy Keys is the reason I ended up with that gig. <laughs> wow. Because she had sung with Phil for um, for many years before that. And when it was just her and Arnold, there, were, yeah. there used to just be two singers. And then she, you know, when you guys used to be on the road for a very long time. Yeah. And I used to always say to her, wow, how do you guys do that? You're on the road for like six months, a year or whatever. Huh. And then uh, then the time finally came. She was like, oh, I, uh, Phil's adding some more singers. Can I throw your hat in the ring? And I was like, what? And she and, and she prefaced it with it's only going to be he's only going to be on the road. short. It's going to be shorter bursts than before. So I was like, oh, throw my hat in the ring. So that's pretty awesome. And I was hired in two emails. And Lee, when you toured with Phil um, recently, it turned into like a, a, a long thing, more than you originally signed on for, right? Well, I, I, I sign on for whatever we do. The, the, to me, the more they add, the happier I am. So it's not one of those things where you go, "Oh God, we got you know, another six months or something." Um, but it was it was great. But it really, at, by the end of it, it, it was a little over two years. That we were that we were out on that wow. because Nick, his son, was 16 when we started the tour, and he was 18 when we finished it. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy to me. Yeah. yeah. And to again, see this, Nick Nicholas. This last tour of well, Phil, it was challenging as well. So. Well, the thrill was that that Connie came to one of our last shows, so we got to see each other out there on on, on the road again. So it was it was neat to have you as an audience. I know. I came to the very last show in Vegas. Yeah. And What's... it was really special. I laughed and cried all through that concert. It's like, because it was really lovely. It was like a love letter to all the fans. That's yeah. what I got from it. Connie, how and... crazy is that backstage scene at a, at a Phil Collins concert? It's got to be just incredible. It's, it's not as crazy as you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the rock and roll life that everybody thinks it is. There's Well, at the time, there were toddlers <laughs> and stuff backstage. You know, Nicholas was really small. So it's... It's not the crazy scene that everybody thinks it is. You know, it's family and, you know, you get to meet everybody's family in certain cities or whatever and and friends and stuff. And, and so it's not even, it's not really crazy, but it's really, it's really fun. Just, I was blown away. I mean, that's always been a lifetime dream of, you know, you go to a concert and you see all those little tiny, you're in your seat far away and you see all those little tiny people next to the stage and you're like, I want to do that. I want to be right there one of these days. And then you're there and it's like, oh, this is so cool. This I've is what that looks like. I've heard that before as well. Had you known Leland before you toured with uh, Phil Collins? So this nope. is cold turkey. Wow. Cold turkey. Yeah. It's, I'm, it's probably an adjustment, you know, because uh, <laughs> we dove right in the deep end. Yeah. Did you really? Did you? We hit off right away. Wow. Yeah. And I knew it. Let's uh, let's uh, let's back up just a bit. Let's go way back, not too far back. But you're from Chicago, the South Side of Chicago, mm -hmm. and of course, yep. Leland was born in Milwaukee. So across Milwaukee. across the water, you might have <laughs> ridden the same train once or twice, or a little or, lake. Yeah, and um, early on, was it acting or was it music that really caught your eye? I was I was I sang first. I was always a singer. The acting didn't come until you know. I, I had drama class in, in high school and that's when I really fell in love with the acting stuff because I had this, I had a drama teacher who I kept in touch with even after I moved away from Chicago. I would, I would, whenever I would go back home, I had a date with her. Her name was Miss Sinetra and she's wow. the reason I'm an actor now. She's no longer with us, but I would see her all the time. She encouraged me cause she went to, she was one of those 
diehard actresses who come, came from that era of, um, Geraldine Page was in her Goodman mm -hmm. School class. So oh, wow. she's of that ilk. And so I just, I was always, for some reason, I was drawn to her. She was amazing. She was, she was just very honest and she made me love acting. But I still, even after graduating high school, I, singing was my thing. And then I started doing play, yeah, musicals and plays and stuff. Uh, and I made my living as a singer, you know, when I, even after I moved out here. And the acting really started after I got here. How were your, your parents as far as uh, your career path choice? Oh my gosh, big my they were my they were my biggest fans. That's great. It's great. You know, great. I I remember seeing Goldie Hawn uh, in an interview, and they were talking to her, and it was after she had lost both of her parents, and she said, "Well, you know, I kind of stopped doing things because I felt like my parents my my parents were my biggest fans, and I felt like I, I was always doing this for them." Right. And I was like, "Oh my God, that's the first person that ever said exactly what I what it was like what I felt." But but it was great because my mom they would travel wherever you know like if I was doing a play or something somewhere. Um, when I when I got dream I went to Broadway. I did one Broadway show, and um, they came to New York. Wow. Hopped in a car and drove to New York. Wow. That's, great. <laughs> That's great. So it was all it was really cool. So they were very supportive. And Lee, it sounds familiar because your first forte was piano, and you found bass uh, later on, but. Do you often wonder where you'd be today if you hadn't met with that teacher and said, here, play this? Yeah, I would have been on a completely different path because um, I was studying classical. I was a classical pianist from when I was five. And um, when I went into junior high school, I assumed I was going to continue with piano. Um, but they had uh, a plethora of pianists yeah. and they needed a string bass player. And Mr. Theodore Lynn who was the music teacher um, in junior high school and high school, um, brought out a string bass and asked me if I'd try it. And uh, I put that, he, I sh he showed me how to hold it. I plucked one note on it and felt the vibration running through it. And uh, I said, let's do it. And, uh, and it's, it's really funny. I hooked up with him. He's in the book, by the way, too. He's oh, one cool. of the last pictures in my book. Um, and he flipped me off. <laughs> we, hooked, we hooked up shortly before he passed from cancer. But it was so weird to suddenly uh, you find myself an old man talking to an older man, and I still couldn't call him Ted. He was still Mr. Lynn. Sure. Man, those people, yeah. they have an impact on your life. And he kept saying, no, call me Ted. And I'm going, oh, oh, oh. I was turning into Ralph Cramden. I couldn't, <laughs> it was hard to get it out. But I really owe really so much of, and I've, I've cited it in interviews and stuff I, uh, that I really owed pretty much everything to his encouragement and uh, a great teacher can change your life. So, so here you are, Connie, you're uh, in Chicago, the South side, a little rough, but uh, you're in Chicago. It wasn't as rough as it, it wasn't what it is now. I, cause I grew up in, I was born and raised in Chicago from, I, from 1960, I left when I was 26 and I didn't really notice a big change in Chicago until years and years and years Many years later, a couple of decades later, when I, I was um, getting ready to go to the airport and I would always call a cab to my mom's house. And then this one particular time, I was, I mean, this was many years after. Sure. Um, and, and they wouldn't, the taxi wouldn't come. Really? Because of the, yeah, the, the neighborhood had changed. And I was like, oh, wow. wow. Yeah. I remember going to Mexico, uh, my wife and I got a hotel in San Diego. We got a wild hair. It's like, hey, let's go to TJ. So we climbed on the trolley oh. and <laughs> crossed the border, went in there and, you know, Revolution Boulevard and had margarita or what have you. And uh, we got we got the taxi because you're my last ride for the day. He goes, I don't travel at night. <laughs> mm. You know, so I guess there's neighborhoods like that. But who are your early inspirations uh, musically? Oh, my God. I listen to everybody. I, I I mean everybody from Shaka Khan, Aretha, oh. Minnie Ripperton was huge for me. Um uh I also listened to the guys because I love singing guy songs. I'm trying to do I'm trying to figure out try, to do something with some guy songs. And you know, I love like Gino Vanelli, but as far as the women, the main women were Aretha, Shaka, Barbara Streisand, Minnie Ripperton, yeah. those were my go-tos. Um, but I would I would go in the basement. 
and just mimic the records so that I would learn how to do those runs. I always say that I got the pretty tones of my voice from Barbra Streisand and Minnie Ripperton, and then the screaming stuff from Shaka and Aretha and, and all of that. So I was influenced by a, a lot a lot of different people. The 70s were a great time for soul music, especially among female singers. Just some wonderful, wonderful mm-hmm. singers. You mentioned yeah. some, some heavyweights there. Ooh. You know? Yeah. So a lot of 45 records probably and... Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, we had everything. And my my brothers, I had what my oldest brother had the album collection that you would just it would be the envy of anybody. And he liked everything from jazz to blues to R&B, Motown whatever. And then my other brother was the rocker, so that's <laughs> brought the Beatles and everybody else, Jimi Hendrix and all of that stuff in the house. And so I listened to all of that. I loved all of that stuff, and I would sing it. I mean, I love singing rock and and whatever, yeah. But that was I just I was open to everything. So I mentioned country. I mentioned earlier <laughs> I grew up in San Francisco, and uh, again the sixties and seventies, a lot going on, and mm-hmm. buried, buried myself in hobbies and whatnot. Um, but uh, my mom worked for um, for an ABC affiliate up there, KGO TV. So I was always um, you know fascinated with TV and radio and. And often would go down and meet people like Tennessee Ernie Ford and Gypsy Rose Lee mm. and just, I mean, phenomenal people. And the coolest thing, and, and Lee will appreciate that, Wally Hyder's recording studio right down the street there. And uh, got to go into the studio where Jefferson Starship recorded Miracles. And that was a moment um, for me. And again, to see the big echo chambers. I don't know if you ever got to see those, Lee, but they're, yeah. they're incredible. But it was those early days, and again, I kind of, you know, it was it was a lot of AM radio and a lot of um, a lot of top forty, but uh, certainly music, and uh, you know, depending where you live, uh, it 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 varies. But uh, the early recollections of music in the Bay Area, uh, the soul music was was phenomenal. Um, it was magic. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, loved, I loved going up there and playing and gigging and, and hanging out. It was my go to place. Back wow. in those days, we had studios. Now those they're slowly getting closed down and turned into uh, mini malls. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Sunset, so many are gone. Sunset Recorders is gone. Uh, I think Ch- Cherokee gone as well. Cherokee still there. I think Cherokee might be gone. Yeah. Uh, Rumba Recorders is gone. We talked about it yesterday, but yeah. Daryl Dragon. Yeah. And of course, the Bay Area they had mm-hmm. um, they had um, the record plant um, over in Sausalito, and it went through a lot of legal problems and. I think the IRS yeah. owned it for a while, and it was a whole thing. Um, that building's still there, but not a studio. They're trying to. Uh, they were trying to make a like a like a monument or like a museum out of it, like de- designated as a historical. Yeah. Site. So yeah. But anyway, it's so hard. It's hard. But so there you are. You're you're, yeah. you're in Chicago, Connie, and then you decide to make <laughs> move to L.A. Was it a hard decision to leave you home and just you know venture out? No. No, because it it um, in Chicago, I when I was younger, I I worked at a theme park, ah. and um, ah. it was. Now the cool thing about it was it was before, you know how theme parks now it's all canned music yeah. and and all of that. Um, at that time, we were uh, they were using a live orchestra, so. Hmm. Here we are. I uh, the, um, my first job at a theme park. It was Great Marriott. Marriott's Great America. Ah. But it was an opportunity to work with a full on full orchestra, um, five six shows a day, wow. and just yeah. If I tried that now, I'd need oxygen off stage. <laughs> <laughs> Any uh, theme theme park work uh, for you, Lee? Um, no. Uh, the, the closest we ever got was. Um, like when we'd be on tour with James Taylor, you'd end up, the, the, most of the theme parks had a stage, oh. you know, so we we would play at them and then do a sound check and then run around and go on as many rides as you could, <laughs> right. and eat as much crap as you could, and then come back and feel like you're going to have a heart attack. Um, but yeah, now, you know, but even... I, I always enjoyed going to like to Disneyland and stuff, and you'd see all the people working all the different stages and stuff. It's a, and you'd see like Louis Belson's band and oh, yeah. like the Carnation pavilion at disney and stuff i mean great talent in those places well the, it was a great training ground yeah because a lot of that stuff i used when i got a job in new york when i when i booked the broadway gig 
having to learn stuff so fast at the theme park because there were days when somebody was either sick or didn't show up. And all of a sudden, oh, hey, can you fit this dress? You're singing so-and-so solos today. And you're wow. like, I've never sung her solos before. You are today. <laughs> Get out there. And, you, and it, it's, it was a great training ground. You mentioned Disneyland as well. Uh, remember the Golden Horseshoe Review had the Billies. And um, uh-huh. a speed fiddler, Dennis Fetchett, who has played with everyone, and bass player Bill Bryson as well was uh, yeah. part of that too. We lost Bill a couple years back. Um, yeah, really but that, that that show got closed down, and it went to uh, I think they went to um, Knott's. So, oh really? But, yeah, okay. but everything now is so can, like you said, Connie, and it's it's it kind of it's like you know, yeah, you keep waiting yeah. for it to screw up, you know, and it, uh, but yeah. you, know, you get through. But uh, you don't right. want to you don't want to feel real old. But there was a golden age of all this. That's oh yeah, has you know, and it's really happy to have experienced oh some yeah things that are gone. Well, I read yep. Steve, I read Steve Martin's book, and again, guys, it's just a conversation, so we go off on little bunny trails. But Steve Martin talks about his early days at Disneyland, and 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 whatnot, and it just it, uh, it just got very very awkward uh, at some point. At some point, you know, because he was doing the the magic store, and then he was doing um, the the banjo stuff as well. But uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just so different there now. You know, everything is on a <laughs> on a track or three D or yeah. what have you. So. Yeah. Let's go ahead and stop down, guys, for just one second. You're listening to Conversations Radio, episode number 99. Sounds like a Toto song. 99. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram at Conversations Radio. We're live with uh, co-host Leland Sklar and my main feature here, the main attraction, Miss Connie Jackson. And we're talking about, uh, about her career as well. The music stuff for you, I mean... How did it work for you? How did you, again the the, the Phil the Phil gig? You, you kind of got kind of got dropped on you. Said like, sure, okay, I'm in. And then you started getting calls from other people as well. So let's talk about that. I mean, okay, Joe Walsh, number one, amazing. Oh uh, yeah, that was fun. And you did a brief tour with that. I mean, I've only toured. I've only toured with Phil and Joe Walsh. And I Joe's tour was just one quickie kind of thing. Everybody else where I back them up at some point on a, at a special event like Nam or the, you know, the Yamaha shows sure. and all that kind of stuff. So, but as far as touring, I've only toured with Phil and um, the longest with Phil and once with Joe Walsh. Well, to work with Joe Walsh is amazing. Um, I was in guitar center uh, in Sherman Oaks about, oh, about, about eight years ago. By the way, they've totally destroyed it. It's, it's like, it's like Best Buy now. They've totally redone it. Yeah. I'm in there uh-huh. and, and I'm like, Oh my God, there's Joe Walsh. Nicest guy. And oh, our fine. common thread, Joe and I, our common thread is we're both ham radio operators. He's into ham radio big time. Big time. He often goes and operates uh, the station at uh, the Queen Mary. So, but, oh. uh, yeah. Oh. But uh, we uh, we chatted and uh, got a picture and the nicest guy. But, again, you, you just started getting all these opportunities. to come up. And then, I mean, pa- now, Patty Austin, I, I've got to tell you, talk about, I mean, royalty. My God! Yeah, that was a that was a nice little bucket list kind of moment. Wow! Because I've listened to her for so long, and mm-hmm. she's got one of the most crystal clear voices, I mean, ever. And she, oh. I admire people who can scat and and all. Because oh, yeah. I can't scat if you held a gun to my head. Oh, don't do that now, please. <laughs> I I know my limitations, and but Patty Austin can do anything. Yeah, and I just—I've always loved listening to her voice, and and um, it was kind of a the last time I ever sang with her was at one of the Yamaha things, and I remember it was also James Ingram was also there, so they did a little bit of stuff, and that was yeah, and and it was just really special to watch the two of them together, you know, because they both they each did some separate some of their own hits. But when they came together and did Baby Come to Me and had you keep the music playing and you just kind of just you just stand there and sigh. Yeah, I, I yeah. ran I ran across some CDs from Billboard Top, whatever. It's just some CDs out that my sister in law found and I put them on in the car and it was, and it, was it was I wanted to cry because so many people are on there are not with us anymore, you know. Right. And uh, and so many beautiful songs that yeah. came from you know. Yeah. Artists. I, I did an album with Patty and Johnny Mathis. Oh, and man, you're sitting in the studio just creaming, 
it's it's so it's so deep when you hear those kind of artists. Yeah, you, I, you know, you know what? I remember seeing Johnny Mathis years ago at the Greek Theater with Dion Warwick, mm. and I had never seen him. You know, I've heard, I've listened to his music all, you know, ever since I was a kid, but I had never seen him live, and he was charming, and mm -hmm. I was just amazed at his voice. And he comes from a time um, where singers and musicians, they were just different. They, they mm -hmm. approached it differently, and, they, and it was a different, I mean, it's, I, 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 how do I explain it? They, they just, they were, they had, can I say they had class? I mean, well, I'm trying to. I'm trying too, to... It was about. It was also about singing. Yeah. It was, it was about the music. It wasn't about oh, I'm, I'm going to dance with twelve dancers, and with, not that there's anything wrong with that, yeah. but it was all they didn't have to do all that stuff. Yeah. You went there to hear them, to hear you know to hear those classic voices. I mean, that's what I went for. Yeah. Yeah. When I drive around, I listen to Sirius XM Sinatra channel. Sure. You know, and you just sit and listen to these people. And the thing that was great about those th that ilk was you weren't in the studio going, you don't have to be good. We're going to fix it all. It'll be fine. They would stand in front of a microphone One and shot. do it and yeah. generally do it in a take. Yeah. Yep. Um, they were pros. And, and I think the technology made people lazy. And it, it's encouraged a lot of people to be in this business who really shouldn't be in it. But the, the technology... Oh, polish that turd to something that's yeah. acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. And go I'm going ahead. through right now. I'm going the process of going through um, boxes and boxes of old 78s, and mm -hmm. there are some Sinatras in there as well. So it gives you an idea of how long he's been around or is around. And also, there was also a documentary about Frank Sinatra too, and it really uh, kind of talked about. Lee, did you see that one? The documentary yeah. Was, yeah. And it was it was really uh, a. Uh, I'll tell you, one of the best shows I ever saw in my life, people ask me, what's the best concert you were ever at? And it was Sinatra at the Universal Amphitheater, before, yeah. like in the 80s, before they put a lid on the place. Mm. And the thing that was so fabulous about it is, you know, you hear all these stories about these people and all that stuff. He was so respectful of the oh, music. Yeah. Um, he would introduce, uh, he would say who wrote the lyrics, who wrote the music. He would introduce all the soloists. When somebody was taking a solo, he would step back and not hog the front of the stage. Sure. You know, I mean, it was one of these shows I just went, this is as good a show as I could ever imagine somebody doing. Mm -hmm. And he was fa fabulous. I really miss The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson because those, yeah. oh. those guys would show up on there, you know. He'd bring Sinatra out there. and he'd, 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 He wouldn't even sing. He'd just sit on the couch and chat and Rickles would come yeah. in and give him a hard time and... But again, it was a different time, you know. Yeah. You know what? Um, my favorite, my favorite. It's funny you said Frank Sinatra Lee. My favorite um, concert or show that I've ever gone to. I got to see Sammy Davis Jr. Mm. in Atlantic City on a total fluke by accident, and ended up sitting right in the front, leaning. You know, when they had the real banquet chairs and seats, and you could, I, the 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 seating went all the way up to the stairs. I mean, to the stage where. My arm was leaning on the stage, and I still to this day couldn't even begin to tell you the song because my brain exploded. But he <laughs> bent down and sang a song to me, and I was oh, just like, Oh man, oh, wow! And to this day, people ask me what song was it, and I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> you he, and I, he was probably singularly the most talented human being that probably ever lived. My parents went and saw him at the Hollywood Bowl back, you know, way back in the day. And they said they finally had to leave after about three hours because they said he he sang, he he danced, he did impersonations, he played yeah. all the instruments, did yeah. quick draw, did had a bow and arrow thing. I mean, <laughs> the guy could do everything. Yeah. And they said it was the most unbelievable thing they ever saw in their lives. Yeah. And a, a really fine actor. I mean, everything about that guy was just so staggering. Connie, you and I have a mutual, have a mutual friend from Universal that does uh, a Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, review. <laughs> Fredo. Yeah, Fredo, yeah. Uh, this guy literally travels all over the world, Australia, everywhere, and does the whole the whole Sammy Davis thing, and he's really good at it. Wow. Um, I'm talking the cigarette and the cigar, and the, or the cigarette and the, the, the glass and the whole thing. But yeah, <laughs> there's, there's uh, it, you mentioned Sirius as well, and I'm sure I'll be hearing Connie on there at some point. 
too because um, her, her music is just phenomenal. But uh, the Sinatra channel is uh, is phenomenal. Also, the old '40s stuff too. Yeah. Um, I've got very eclectic music, uh, really, uh, or music taste. Um, Me too. And um, I don't mind. You know, I think I think when you're, especially for you guys, when you're doing music, you got to kind of like listen to everything. You know. Yeah. And I know that uh, again. You mentioned Lee that you you were. Uh, I'm going to quote you. You were a classical music snob back in yeah. the day. And, as a um, child. A chi- as a child. Before before the before the shrinks, and then um, and then for, for you, Connie, the, the soul music, but again, leading you to rock and roll and leading you to, leading you to California, where you where you where you set up base here in Los Angeles, and um, tell me about the struggle. How did uh... you know what's it? I just had fun because okay, because I feel like the path that I've taken as far as I'm trying to be an actress and singer or whatever, but I basically, my focus is on the acting, which is why it's, you know, right. Me doing the same with the single, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. Sure. That kind of happened because of the pandemic <laughs> in a way. As did a lot you know of stuff. Mean? As did a lot as of stuff. Yeah. Stuff because, you, and, but I, I never, I, yes, it is a struggle, but I'm, I consider myself very fortunate to be, doing I'm following the dream I had in Chicago you know what I mean and it's it's that thing of when I hear people and I get it that when people start reading off my credits or whatever there's it's so easy to be like oh but I it sounds and I'm not trying to diminish my talent or anything like that I'm still a working actor. I'm still a. Right. I'm still that trying to get to that space, that series regular thing. Right. That's the goal. And so sometimes I have to stop myself and go, "No, you, you worked hard to get to where you are, and I'm very happy to be where I am." And, and you did a vid- um, you, you did a video vignette for uh, SAG. Um, oh, well, back, and, he, and you and you can tell just in your demeanor and your voice that you're really proud of that to have that card. Yeah. I mean, that's, oh yeah, because uh, my father, my father was a teamster. Yeah, my father worked. My father worked at Knee-High Royal Crown, and he was a teamster. Ooh, he knee-high, drove a lift yeah. truck. He was a laborer. He drove a lift a lift truck for Knee-High Royal Crown in Chicago, and so I just remember when I became a you know because his they he'd get the magazine, the newsletter, the teamster mag le- newsletter would come every month or whatever, and I would just look through it, not knowing what I was looking at, but I would it it was exciting to see it, and then when I finally became a union person. With SAG, it's like that, you know. I'm in the union. So here's so what's funny, really- Lee. Uh, we talked about uh, talked about Stein on Vine, and uh, guess where that was? The basement of the Musicians Union. Yeah, the music store originally was in the Musicians Union building, instead of across the street, and that's where my dad took me to get my first electric bass and amplifier. <laughs> did you have any? Idea, did you have any idea at that point you'd be um, joining that union eventually, Lee? No, because that thought. was probably about that was I was probably about fourteen or fifteen wow. at that point, and uh, I never thought I'd have a career in music. I mean, you know, I mean that's one of those things that you know, when you're when you're young and you're aspiring to that, everybody around the family always goes, "Is he ever going to get serious? Is he going to get a real <laughs> job?" Yeah, you know, I mean, music's one of those things that's such a nebulous thing to to most people to to think of it as a career. And and it and my career really happened as an accident to me yeah. it was you know like we've talked about before was meeting James Taylor because I was in college and uh, I was a science and art major and I was looking towards being like maybe a medical illustrator or something like that and uh, and all of a sudden this guy came into my life and they asked me to play one gig and it turned into the rest of my life. And your so. mother, but your mother and father were very much um, into the arts, so you you had that you had those underpinnings, Lee. As a kid, yeah, I mean, it was it was one of those households that I mean, I was I felt very fortunate to be raised in a really left wing household, and <laughs> the the music the music in our house was everything you could imagine. They were very eclectic in what they liked, and they liked the arts, and um, and uh, we didn't we didn't have a lot of dose. We didn't travel the world, but it, you know, contained in the world that we had, it was a very nurturing and comfortable. Atmosphere, but it's weird, you know. It's like when you when I was doing music and then started doing art and stuff. You know, the question is, you giving up music? And then when when then when music started to happen, are you giving up art? You know, I mean, you sort of can't win uh, on those levels. (laughs) It's like, what do you want me to do? Yeah, do them all. 
And yeah. Bob just woke up, by the way, just so you know, behind you. Bob the cat, he was cleaning a second ago. Uh, He's going to remember that he hasn't eaten yet. That's oh. what that is. So, Connie, you're in, LA. You're, you're in L.A. What were those early phone calls home to mom and dad? What was that all about? Uh, it was, uh, um, outside of the, hey, can you send me a couple of dollars? <laughs> <laughs> Outside of that, I talked to my, I, I would talk to my mom every day anyway. I would, I always talk to my mom all the time. And so that's why I, I, I to this day, I still want to call her about something and she's not around. So, yeah, that's but it, that's, we were very, clo- we're very close. We were very close. So I, we would just, she was always more excited than I was when I would tell her what was going on out here. And I was lucky when I moved here because that little job that I did, uh, well, I didn't even mention it, but I got a, I, the theme park that I worked for in Chicago sent me to Northern California for a summer. Ah. So I've met a bunch of friends up there. Those friends are still my friends That's awesome. to this day. And so I didn't, unlike other people that moved to California and didn't know anybody and had a really rough time, sure. I had a base here already that... I didn't have to feel my way around and find stuff out for myself. I had people that actually lived here and my friends. Right. So that wasn't hard at all. And I came out here with a job because my my sister worked at Federal Express in Chicago and ended up hooking me up with a job here um, before I moved here. So I had a job at FedEx at the call center when I first moved here. Yeah, theme park work, by the way, a lot of drama. It's uh, it's a lot of drama there, but the thing with um, what you do, you do, Connie, um, mm-hmm. everyone's got stuff on the side going on. And you mentioned before we talked, um, when things kind of settled down, that was always there for you. Oh yeah, because I, um, Universal, I I left there to do Phil's tour. I could go. We had people on the roster, and I was right. top of the roster, so. I would call one of the girls to fill in for me. So I did Phil's tour and then went back to my job at Universal. Yeah. And you I had know, no idea. That was my version of waitressing, because <laughs> I've never waitressed. I, I could always type and stuff. So I never, and I would be a horrible waitress because I'd be really cranky. Well, I don't know now. Elaine has it going on. <laughs> We're talking about Elaine, of course. Uh, you've got a, uh, a recurring role on NCIS on CBS for the last mm-hmm. nine seasons as Elaine, the... The uh, the waitress. Mm-hmm. Now, how do yeah. you how do you Those get people. that and sustain that role for that much? That's that's incredible. That's a long well, run. It was, it was a it was a regular audition. You know, I didn't know that it was going to be a re- at the time. I don't think it, it said it was going to be recurring or anything like that. So I just went into an audition, um, and all the only um, information I had was she was at the diner. It didn't say that she was his favorite. It didn't say any of that stuff. It just said waitress at a diner, and it she had a name. I think she had a name. So I went to that audition and ended up having wow. to go to a callback, and then I got the job. It was very, very cool. And then that's when I found out. I didn't know it was a recurring thing until I was shooting. And, and one and someone said, "Oh, because I had not watched the show before then. I do now." It's but. Yeah. It's really yeah. funny though, Lee, because uh, those shows NCIS, CSI, Criminal Minds. Um, I've had a lot of guests that are on those shows. They go from, I mean, everybody's been on those shows at some some point. Mm-hmm. But to have a recurring role for nine seasons, um, opposite Mark Harmon, which is most of those scenes, what they are, just to read yeah. up the coffee. Uh, that's He's really nice very very proud. And again, that SAG card comes mm-hmm. in very handy for that. Oh yeah, I have a blast when I go there. It's you know they treat me like family, and um, it's just it's just very cool. They're they're a really great group of people, very welcoming, very. Mark's very cool, very yeah. very sweet. Lee, yeah, is, is 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 that the show? Is there's the one girl who's kind of looks like she's in the fifties, kind of um, blonde. Oh, that's, that's um, Criminal Minds. You're talking about with the glasses? Yeah. That's Criminal Minds, and okay. I forgot her name. But yeah, she always she's always done up, and she looks kind of period. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, I, I always get all the people on this. I show. know. There's yeah. another there's another girl too who has like dark hair. I think she's naturally a blonde, but I think she has oh, dark hair with Paul. bangs and stuff. Yeah, Polly Perrette yeah. used to be on. She was on NCIS for like yeah. uh, for a very long time so from the beginning. 
and, I, and she left the show about five years ago, something yeah. like that, five years ago. Yeah. They're, both, they're both in my book. Is CSI, oh, is, CS, is CSI done? I don't know. Because, of course, they were on our back lot for, for years. I don't yeah. It's so hard to keep track of all these it's, shows. you know. Especially it, with the initials. All, everybody's got yeah. the initials going it's on. Like, it's like, uh... yeah. it's, 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 it's tough. Well, back, in our, back in our day, Lee, it was, it was Columbo. That's what we watched. You Mission know. Impossible. Yeah. Mannix. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, watch, Miami. I watch me TV every night. Oh yeah. When I go to sleep and, and, and Mannix comes on about three o'clock. <laughs> Miami vice, you know, all those, all yeah. those shows are just great stuff. Um, and, oh. um, and Connie just kind of found her way in and, uh, it's done all kinds of stuff and not just, um, TV, uh, voiceover, um, grandma Lucy from Mariah <laughs> Carey. What don't you yeah, do? It was a Christmas movie. It was an animated Christmas movie um, that Mariah Carey did, and and I played her grandma Lucy. That's great. <laughs> and this... Henry, Henry Winkler was my was we 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 weren't in the same session. We never met, but Henry Winkler was my husband. And this show sounds familiar. Sounds kind of importantly, why women kill. That'd be oh. a, that's you oh know, yeah, that's Mark Cherry. Where do you even start? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and, um, again, That's just a, a, a lot of stuff here you've done. Um, it's, uh, it, it's amazing. And now you're, you know, you're kind of, again, the last year with COVID, uh, presenting some challenges works kind of, you know, sporadic. Um, you're making oh. your way and you found Wait. time to write a single. So no, I didn't write it. Oh, I did a single You did a single because it's a song sing- that it was written by my friend, Terry Woolman and right. Louette Fox, um, years ago. And the first time the, um, uh, Lee, you probably know Ellis Hall. Oh yeah, I know Ellis very well. Ellis recorded it first on Terry's Christmas album, A Joyful Noise. Yes. And I fell in love with the song then, but you know, didn't think about anything. And every once in a while, I I uh, would sing it with Terry at Spaghettini during his on his Christmas show. And during the pandemic, it, it came from a, a Facebook post. Um, a memory came up from Spaghettini of me singing it, and it and I posted it on Facebook and, um, and someone said, you should record this song. And I went, you know, I kind of would, that would be kind of cool. And Terry just popped in, I'm in. And it started from there. And that was only at the end of, in February. And here wow. we are. And Terry's amazing, by the way, phenomenal I career. Um, Terry um, woman. Yeah. yeah. He's got chops, man. And then you needed a bass player. So you had to, you, you had a couple of choices, but you picked, um, <laughs> Lise Kalar, who, who yes. wasn't somebody who wasn't working. It was either, it was either it was either it was either you Lee or Getty Lee. So I figured you know it was the guy with the beard. So went to you. It's funny, yeah, because Terry produced it, and so he he was like, okay, let's let's just start from here. And he goes, who would be your dream team? And I was like, and he's like, let's start with let's just start with bass. And I was like, <laughs> well, how about Lee? <laughs> and and I called Lee, and Lee said yes. That's awesome. Of course. And, yes. and by the way, that's the norm. I think through, if you're if you're looking for a bass through, go ahead. Sorry. If you're looking for a bass player, if you call Lean is available, he'll probably say yes. Because uh, <laughs> he, that he's that kind of guy. So you so you <laughs> called him. He, he said yes. And what were his and, dem- and then Terry, demands? Terry. Um, also, the other people that played were Ron Walters Jr. did all the keyboard. Um, Luis Conte on percussion. John Robinson on drums. Wow. Um, Tina and Tina Guo. There's a quartet of uh, of, of a um, I'm having a brain freeze. Okay. She does the cello quartet. I couldn't think of cello. Um, uh, so she's this fabulous cellist who plays, you know, movie themes and things, Wonder Woman and okay, all of that. She's pretty awesome. So, and uh, I didn't forget anybody. Oh, and Terry Wellman played guitars. Wow. And yeah, well, I've heard I heard a snippet. Just so you know, as much Yay. as much as you share, I can't it, wait for and, it to be released so I can was, just yeah. play it. I'd hope we'd have it, but we can't. But um, your your vocals, it's really good. Yeah, it's I mean, really good. She sang so beautifully on it. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. really good. You got a you got a, um, a fantastic range. What do you consider your voice as a soprano alto? Where are you at? I sang everything from first soprano to second alto. 
Have we heard? But I, I try we... to live in alto now. Whenever anybody asks me if I have to sing with a group of people, I'll I'll be down in the alto section. <laughs> Lee, have you ever sang on a on an on album? Um, I sang on um, uh, uh, for Phil Phil's um, going back the Motown one. Well, the question was for it's Lee. Oh, I know, I'm sorry. Because I know, I know, because I know you sang on everything. But Lee, are you a singer as well or no? I mean, it was really funny on Phil's very first tour, the uh, No Jacket Required tour. Oh. Daryl Sturmer and I were the two background singers on it. There was no wow. other singers on the tour. I mean, I, I can I can do background if I'm if I'm pushing it, but I. I I, I, it was my misfortune to start with some of the best singers in the business. Yeah. And needless to say, I immediately shriveled up uh, with with anxiety and uh, and didn't uh, didn't get involved. But where where Connie was just headed to on that Motown tour of Phil's, it was really fun. I went and saw the show and seeing you and a was it you Amy and Amy Lynn and Lamont, my friend Teron Brooks and Bill yeah. Cantor. Yeah, but you, you, when you were in your purple dresses, I've, and as a matter of fact, that's I think that's one of the pictures in the book. It is. It's yeah. a, it's in those dresses, and every time I see a picture of those dresses, my because they were made of these really hard sequins, and they were painful. So I just yeah. laugh whenever I see those dresses. It's all about but that. The was, dresses. was so much fun. Just that 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 that. that uh, Seeing you know Bob Babbitt and all the oh the Funk Brothers yeah they were awesome brothers up there it was it was you were you were great in that thank you I've heard you sing oh go ahead oh go ahead no wait no wait 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 he has sang okay go go ahead I I you sing a little bit with Judith one time when I came oh, yeah. to oh. Judith Judith Owen Judith Owen another yeah. another amazing you guys should collab together that'd be great I I could see your voices blending like beautifully seriously. Like Oh yeah, like butter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so you got the EP uh, coming out on uh, this month. Yes, it's a single coming out July sixteenth. I can't wait. It's almost Great. there. The day after the uh, masks are lifted, allegedly in California, it's a whole really? thing. Yeah, they're oh, the same. is it supposed to be the fifteenth of July? Yeah, yeah. Uh, June. Okay. When's it? You said June or July? Oh, it's not. No, it's July. July. Oh, July. Okay, I'm sorry. We'll be all be better by then, probably. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, but, um, looking forward to that. And where do they find this? It'll be um, you can pre-save now on Spotify and pre-add on Apple Music and what's it called? Uh, Title and Deezer. All digital platforms. Pla yeah. Yes, yeah, all so digital platforms. Yeah. I almost said platforms. Platforms, yeah. Post-production. And again, we're talking to uh, Connie Jackson, uh, backup singer, vocalist, actress, recording artist, and her new EP coming out in July, which will be this day. Uh, I, I've got to ask you this. Again, we, we're going to we, – we've kind of gone over just a bit here. You've done – again, you, your career is uh, both as an actress and as a singer something very – very much to be proud of. I mean, it's it's incredible. Yeah. I'm sure Lee feels the same way. At what point through all of this did you feel like, you know what, I belong? It's been for a long time. Yeah. You yeah. know, because you go through those moments of, uh, am I going to just, what am I doing? I keep, you know, I'm hitting my head against the wall. But I, that was that just little tiny period of time. Yeah. And then you go, shut up, voice. You know, you get rid of that little voice that, that you know tries to rear its head every once in a while. Yeah. Um, but I just it's some I love doing it. You know, I know so many people who, not so many, but I know people who are still doing it and they hate it and it's like why are you just stop? Right. I, if I hated if I started to get that way I would stop. But I still love it. I'm still having firsts, you know, I'm doing my first single. I'm doing my you know and I, you're never too old to have firsts, and oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. And Lee, you mentioned as well. Again, you haven't been long per se to many bands, but a few. But when you're in the studio and you're recording with folks, in that moment, you are part of that band. Absolutely. Yeah. That's that's what brings out the performance. It's not a. You're not just hired help. Um, your commitment runs far deeper, at least for me. And uh, so I look at each project as as I've just joined a band, 
And then when the project's over, I move on to another band. But uh, that's really what gets you, you know, below the surface and you dig in deeper to where you're committing, making suggestions sure. and helping with arrangements and all that stuff. And I pinch myself every day that I'm still doing this after this many years. It's a, it's one of the, to, to like the, like the old saying goes, if you're doing what to paraphrase it, um, if you're doing something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And, yeah. uh, and it really is. I mean, I, I, people like Connie and people like me, and people like you doing, you're sitting there doing your show. And, Thank you. you know, when I would talk to guys I knew that like were in the corporate world and they had the countdown clock on their desk <laughs> for when they could retire and never have to wear a necktie again and stuff, you just go, this is, you know, me, you might have a big 401k and all, you know, all this stuff, but boy, you've paid a huge price to spend so much of your life doing something you really hated. Yeah. Well, what's funny it's, is yeah. my clock's unplugged, so I don't... Uh... <laughs> I don't uh, worry about that, you know, because time is just a number. Um, right. One last question, then I'm going to have to run out. But, uh, Lee, what were your, some of your concerns when you uh, took on uh, Connie's project? What were, your, what were your, some of your... I had no concerns. I was thrilled. Yeah. Um, because, number one, I, I know what a fabulous artist she is. So I knew it was going to be good. And Terry's really talented. So, I mean, it was the, the team was great. Great song. And and I knew Connie was gonna gonna make this thing something special. So, I, for me, it was all just enthusiasm. I had no trepidations about it, and I just want to see the thing get out there and let people, you know, just enjoy it as much as I enjoyed being a part of it. Awesome. You know, my check still hasn't cleared, but that's so <laughs> yeah. What's what's that? Yeah. It probably, I think it's on PayPal. That's why. Yeah. PayPal. Yeah. <laughs> Back I would our, crawl through ground glass to back to in work our with day. Me. Yeah. Aww, yeah. Thanks, Connie Jackson. Um, again, huh? amazing performer, uh, actress, singer. Uh, I'm sure some dancing in there somewhere. Um, <laughs> Mover. Yeah, especially you know on, on, on tour. Um, and um, do you, have you, have you notice uh, Livin's fascination with flying as well on the, on the airplanes? You notice that? He loves. I've noticed some pictures of you leaving where you're. In the cockpit there with the pilots. Oh, and, I know. I loved it. You yeah, know, and when it's you know on a tour like Phil, it's great because there so much of it is is private. Yeah, planes, which you know everybody goes, oh man, those elitist tours. And <laughs> man, when you're when you're hauling this many people around, right. and especially like in foreign countries, and you think about trying to go through an airport with, and and if you have one canceled flight, it could screw up a huge concert. Sure. So. To actually, you know, have these planes. So that gives you the opportunity then to then go jump in the cockpit and jump into the to the to, yeah. to the seats with the pilots. And I, I love it. You know, I, I find it yeah. fascinating. Well, you did the whole bus tour thing with Jackson. So um, obviously airplane uh, much, much nicer and more efficient. <laughs> yeah. And uh, again, the fact that you and um, Connie worked together and probably didn't have to ride on a bus together. Connie probably thanks you for that <laughs> so we had we had a great time yeah. we had, we had so many adventures out there on the road it was really wow. wonderful we oh, are officially good. out of time we went over you guys are just amazing uh connie jackson again look for her new ep coming out in july this day with terry Ullman. uh they can follow you on instagram as well right connie yes i on instagram i am the connie jackson the yeah <laughs> except no yeah, except no replacements. <laughs> the Connie Jackson. And uh, again, look for that uh, to come out in July. Also look for her as Elaine on NCIS. So we're up that cup of Joe to Mark Harmon. And That's right. more projects on the way. I know you got projects in the works and stuff going on. Tons of commercials. Um, you'll see her somewhere. And uh, <laughs> so glad that you uh, joined Lee and myself tonight. Um, this was a treat. This again, was a, such a treat. Again, so wonderful. Much. Thank you so much. Don't go away. Leland, okay. not finished with you yet. Um, you've got, again, tons going on. Theimmediatefamily.com. That's uh, going on as well. Uh, an album is out or going to be released? Our album, our, our album comes out August 27th. And you've got some shows locally here as well, I understand. Um, wow. We're probably going to be playing the west coast in late october and then okay. um 
East Coast in early November. Um, and, uh, you know, there's lots of little things going on. I mean, right now, everybody's just kind of scrambling to see what's going on right. and try to everybody wants to work. So, you know, there's a finite amount of because so many clubs folded during this period and sure, stuff. Yeah, so. it's scary. Well, hopefully you guys will play uh, the uh, Canyon up here in Santa Clarita. Uh, great. Uh, uh, we probably will be. Yeah. I think we're going to do do the whole Canyon Club circuit. So let me know because that's my that's my stopping grounds. My Ambrosia friends play there all the time. Um, great. Ken Stacy and those guys. Um, but uh, again, we'll look for that. Immediatefamily.com. And again, uh, Leland is on um, Instagram as well at Leland Sklar. Yeah, and my YouTube channel. Come join me there and subscribe. I've been that's been one of the I've put up a at least one video every day since March twenty third of last year. I've got I think five hundred seventy videos up now. How do they get to um, that? Um just go to YouTube and look up Leland Sklar and I'm there like gum on your shoe. <laughs> awesome. And then the book and then the book is yes. at yeah, if somebody wants to check that out, and 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 I have T-shirts on there that have my beard on the front of them. Nice. And uh, and and I have a bunch of my artwork in really high quality prints available. But um, the book is at LelandSklarsBeard.com. Now, on the T-shirts, do you have one in Bob's size? Oh, uh, absolutely! I have ultra ultra <laughs> there you, cool. There you go. You're, you're, I think Bob would love to wear your T-shirt. It's great. Uh, again, out of time, guys. You guys will come back on again. I know that. Anytime you want. Yeah, I know you guys. Lee and I have got some plans. And uh, Connie, man, nice. I'm so excited for you. And then this EP, and I'm so proud and I'm grateful and humble to call you a friend. And thank you so much. Oh, Mike, don't make Flattery. me cry. Yeah, I'm already there. I'm already there. I love. I love when I'm sitting and watching TV, and suddenly a commercial comes on with Connie on it. I squeal like a little. Pit- <laughs> Doll, doll, she's working. Did you know uh, Connie real fast? You know Bonnie Gordon. Remember Bonnie no, Gordon? No, why do I know that name? From Universal, she did um, um, the special effects stage for a while. Okay, but we didn't get to see the special effects. But she did. A lot. She's done like she did like commercials and stuff for like uh, I forgot who it was for, but they were like oh, cool. they were like like four years ago and they're still airing them. And she goes, "Nice." I'm, I'm like, "Is that Bonnie?" And again, you mentioned that Lee. It's like you're like, "Is that Connie?" You know, nice. and you realize like, oh yeah, I did that you know ten years ago. You look better now than you did ten years ago. You're you're like you're Benjamin Button. You're aging in reverse. <laughs> look at that, outstanding, <laughs> very good. We have to go, Connie Jackson okay. and Leland Sklar. I thank you. I love you guys. Thank you for thank you. having oh, us, Mike. Always a pleasure. Thanks. Hey folks, that's a wrap. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram at Conversations Radio. This is Conversations Radio. So long. Mm-hmm.